0: Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Oh!
1: Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Milwaukee Bucks podcast and proudly a part of the Blue Wire podcast network. I am Ty Windish and I am joined today tonight by the encouraging Rohan Kadi. You can take that in more ways than one and we are here to talk about a an important conversation and a timely one given that we are like a week and a half-ish from the trade deadline. Nine obviously, days when not, this goes out, I believe. I think eight when it goes out, I think nine as we record, I'm Is pretty he- sure. A little bit more oh, than a week until right. the trade deadline right. yeah. buyout season after that. This is this is a, a rough intro, folks, but we're gonna figure out the Bucks closing five and then address a separate question. Would any mid season acquisition actually have a chance of slotting into that group? So obviously to start to figure out the second part, we kinda need an idea of what the current optimal closing five is, at least generally speaking i suppose it could change based on matchups but rohan i think we can probably knock out the first three spots pretty quickly
2: yes and uh i will say the trade deadline is march 25th
1: so yeah so nine days from record eight yes. days from when you're first listening to this on wednesday or less if you listen to it later we still love you thank you for listening subscribe on your platform of choice to to not miss the next episode but so yeah uh a little bit more than a week away from the trade deadline. So as I mentioned, the closing lineup, obviously, Giannis Tedokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, done, set, sealed. You know, there's been some fun back and forths about who's who's the top and who's the – oh, not who's the top. Who's the second guy in that? Not what we're doing right now. Don't care. Those three are in. Number four, does it get interesting or not, Rohan?
2: I think it does get interesting. does get a little interesting. I'm excited interesting, to hear what you have to say first. I want you to go first.
1: Well, I think, you know, if we're living in the real world where, unfortunately, most of the time we do, it's Dante DiVincenzo. I think that's who's going to be out there um, pretty much all the time. I think the organization and, and Bud are are big fans of Dante, and there's a lot to like there, clearly. And I think it probably starts with defense. Uh, I wouldn't call Dante DiVincenzo a lockdown on-ball defender but off-ball one of the best in the league at intercepting passes and you know uh forcing turnovers and all this kind of a kind of a gambler on defense but it pays off a lot offensively it's kind of a grab bag some days he looks like JJ Redick 2.0 some days the shots are not good the layups are He looks are- like
2: current JJ Redick <laughs>
1: That's a good way to put it. Sometimes he looks like prime JJ, sometimes like uh, Pelicans JJ. But uh, in the layups are always a question mark. But I think I think you can pencil, not pen. I think you can pencil him in there. I think I probably agree with the Bucs on that one. I think as much crap, I don't even want to say crap. I think we fairly analyze the highs and lows of Dante DiVincenzo. And everyone. I, and everyone. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do here on the Eurostep. Uh, no slant here, normal size collars only. Um, that's a good reference to Brian Colangelo. I, you know, it's a good reference. You have to walk it out. I didn't see Rohan laugh right away on the video. So I wasn't sure if it was clear, um, but I don't know. I, I do think, I do think all things told Dante fits. And I also think in these like closing scenarios, I feel like he's a little less likely to act, uh, to try too much. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on Dante in the closing five?
2: I think that's a really good way to put it, because you, uh, in, in closing lineups, there's a clear hierarchy of players. There's the top three, and then there's everyone else <laughs> in terms of Milwaukee Bucks basketball. So when it comes really down to it at the end of the games, end of the wire, uh, you, really get, uh, you really get Dante sort of playing within himself if you think early on in the games, you're like, yeah, maybe I can get my shot going tonight. Maybe I can, you know, sort of get things rolling a bit here, take some early shots, be aggressive, and, you know, maybe it'll pay off. But when it comes down to it, you do not want the ball in anyone else's hands besides Chris, Giannis, and Drew. You really don't. So I think that's what makes Dante a good good fourth person in this uh, uh, closing lineup, and that's who I'm going to go with as well.
1: Yeah, and I I just think at the end of the day, has the most utility on both ends against the most groups, right? Like Dante is athletic and that, that plays in. So that kind of automatically sets him apart from, you know, Brooke Lopez. Um, Sorry, Brooke Lopez. We'll, we'll get to you in a second. Um, But the athleticism is there. He can get to the rim. He can't always finish when he's there, but he can get there. Um, He's a willing passer. I think a pretty good passer overall. Um, He can actually dribble and move around. Wall dribbling, which is not true for, for every Milwaukee Buck. The three-point shot looks good. It's kind of off and on, but it certainly looks good, especially when his feet are set and planted and they're not some of these crazy off-the-dribble shots. And we already talked about the defense. So I just think he pro- he offers the most overall of any player that would be in consideration for fourth, not of any player on the roster, but of anyone out of the non-top three
2: guys. Yeah, he really does. I completely agree with you on that one. I'm excited to see who you go with next. Yeah. So I think we might have different answers.
1: I'm almost positive we do. I feel like I'm just stunned at the blowback to my answer, but I want to let's start with the fifth starter first, which is not my answer, but Brooke Lopez. Um, And we just did another pod all about Brooke Lopez for, for a detailed convo on Brooke. Check out that pod also should be up on the feed today, but Brooke Lopez as the fifth guy in crunch time, I don't love it just because, you know, the switching is not really going to be there. Brooke Lopez is shown he's able to do a little bit more than we've seen, but I don't think I want him out there at the end of most close games. I think I'd rather see a different group.
2: Yeah, it's fair. We've, this is the... This is the conversation we've unfortunately been forced to have with Brook Lopez. And like you mentioned, go check out the first pod so you can you know, get a full full context on how we currently feel about Brook Lopez. But it's just you unlock another level of your team when you don't have Brook Lopez on the floor and you go with a different option at center. You really do. So it, it really makes Brook Lopez's value in fourth quarters of close games where it really comes down to it it makes it makes the value diminished. So he's not my answer either. So we might have the same answer.
1: Honestly, We'll see. And I think the caveat with the whole combo there is depending on the team, maybe if he's having a good game against Joel Embiid and you're playing the Sixers, you know, you don't just bench him just to do it. Right. So like if it's a center heavy team and he's looking good against that center, it's a different story, but against a lot of the teams that are going to play smaller than the Sixers, I think, uh, I think there are other options. My answer is Bryn Forbes, and I don't think many people agree with this. I think this is a hot take. Um, here's the thing with Bryn Forbes. Positionally, the lineup is a little weird. I will give you that. Basically, it's Giannis at the five. Chris Middleton becomes your four, which it's a whole other combo again. Probably a good place for Chris considering the defense he's playing lately. I mean, Brad Beal. I mean, Brad Beal is Brad Beal, but, like, just pushing through Chris Middleton, like – you know, a paper towel just out of the way, just gone. I'm at the rim again. Goodbye, Chris Middleton, you paper know,
2: paper towel, put a, a new nickname,
1: for Chris a paper Middleton. towel. I don't, I don't, I hope that doesn't stick. Um, paper towels do stick if they're wet. It doesn't matter. Um, but like put Chris, maybe on some of these bigger, slower wing players. It might be better all around, but then your, your three ends up basically being drew holiday, which I give you. That is weird, right? Like, A guy most people look at as a point guard suddenly is your nominal three. Here's the thing, folks, positionless basketball. So I think basically what you do is Giannis plays the five and guards the best opposing big player. And again, this is not going to work against every lineup, but especially if it's a team that tends to go small, um, like maybe your Brooklyn's of the world uh, or Boston, who can't find a center to save their lives right now, I think it could work. So Drew Holiday guards the best of the threes or smaller players and then Dante guards the second best. And then basically you just put Bryn Forbes on whoever stinks. So like this is a random example, but think of the OKC Thunder when they had KD, right? Like their fifth starter was Andre Roberson. Bryn Forbes can guard Andre Roberson. That's not going to be an issue for you. I think overall his defense has been pretty solid. Offensively, he's been incredible. Like he's not going to be on every single game, but I think, I mean, we talk about the effects of spacing being bigger than even just made shots, right? Like defenses cannot ignore Bryn Forbes. He's just way too much of a difference maker and way too much of a threat. And that's because the guy is shooting a comfortable 46.7% from deep on nearly five attempts from there per game. He can do it off movement. He can do it off the catch. His floater games looking pretty good. I don't love all the shots he takes, but they're not bad. I think if he can nail down that Dante DiVincenzo-esque you know, really not taking too many shots, which again, I think in those big moments out there with all those other players, I don't think it's going to turn into like a Bryn Forbes takeover where he takes every single shot. But I do think the offensive upside makes it worth it. And he's been fine defensively. I think you can almost always hide him somewhere. I don't think he'll get picked on too much.
2: Yeah, he was going to be my first, you know, he was going to be my first alternate, I guess. I could Okay, say. sure, sure second actually i haven't i haven't oh. completely decided yet okay. it's sort of tied with someone else okay my answer is bobby portis i figured you might go bobby portis to talk about this so what this essentially does is it gives you another you know Giannis at center lineup which you uh in an ideal world is just incredible incredible we've seen flashes of it this entire season like you mentioned it's it it has the potential to be one of the greatest lineups in the league in my opinion i will say that But if you get Bobby Portis out there, he gives you another big. And that is actually important in your lineup where you sort of get uh, you sort of get Chris Middleton playing the four. He can sort of get out muscle a bit in those sort of matchups. Bobby Portis is still a big guy. Given he will have some defensive lapses here and there. He won't you know, he he won't be like a stalwart defensive player out there. But neither is Chris (laughs) at this point. He really isn't. Uh, that's not to minimize what Chris Middleton does on the basketball court, but that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, but having Bobby Portis out there along with Drew, Dante, Chris, and Giannis, that gives you realistically playmaking at every single position while also maintaining size. And I think that's important for how this team is gonna be playing in the postseason because they're two the two real main threats are you know, Philly and Brooklyn, obviously there's philly brooklyn milwaukee top three teams in the east it can't really be debated at this point correct so, so if you get a philadelphia matchup you really need to go with size and like you were saying earlier if Brooke lopez is actually showing value value in that matchup you have you should play him again you should not just change matchups just to change matchups you should do it based on how they're playing and not how the opposing team is faring against these lineups but if you get you know, like a Philly matchup and Brook Lopez isn't doing great and you decide to go with this sort of smaller lineup, you still get size out there. You still I, get like two near seven footers out there.
1: You might've won me over very easily. I, so, I mean, the thing is like Bobby Portis actually shooting better from three than Bryn Forbes, which is less wild,
2: volume,
1: less volume, but not, not a ton less. I mean, I'm looking at per 36 numbers right now and Bryn's gotten by a ton there. Bryn's taking nine threes per 36, but Bobby Porter is still taking a fair amount and he finds the corners more. Bobby Portis I think takes better threes a lot of the time. Like he'll be wide open, which is nice. Um, he, he's a little shockingly, a little less trigger happy. I didn't think Bobby Portis would be less trigger happy than anyone, but I do think he's probably less trigger happy than Bryn Forbes, uh, 48.9%. Also, you go from the second best rebounder on the team behind only Giannis and Bobby to the literal worst in Bryn Forbes, 2.4 rebounds per 36. He's not helping you there. And also, the interesting thing, Bobby Portis actually has been a more willing passer than Bryn Forbes. Bobby just under oh, two. Bryn,
2: Bryn Forbes does not pass. When pass. He gets the ball, just doesn't pass. He's too, too busy shooting. shooting. Yeah, He is
1: shooting the ball. <laughs> I think you, you might have convinced me.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: And it's just tough because I, th- I still think Bryn Forbes is just such a weapon, but maybe he is just too much of a specialist to close games. Maybe Bobby Portis does make more sense if you want this that is the smaller problem look. we
2: saw with Bryn Forbes in San Antonio, realistically. Like, he was like a quality starter for them for a long time and like throughout the regular season. But when it came down to it, you couldn't have him out on the court. Not to say that he can't be, he definitely can be. Like, wh- for the reasons that you described, I still think he has the potential to be on the floor. For the closing guy just because of how dynamic his shooting is and how much of a weapon it is like like you were saying i just think that he does have some weaknesses that you can remedy by putting bobby portis in there the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff
0: marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed,
2: Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace
1: wherever you get your podcasts. So there's, I think there's a lot of consternation about Pat Conradin potentially being a closing player. I think that's... Word choice. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. There's been uh, a hubbub over this and I think what's funny is, like, the most common sentiment I feel like I've seen regarding Pat in the last couple of weeks is some variation of, like, I like the way he's looked this season, good player, but I don't think he should be out there closing games. And people, like, will reply this to my tweets, like, praising Pat Connaughton. And what I always think is, like, yeah, me neither. I've never I've never once said, like, yeah, Pat should be one of your five guys you're closing games with in the playoffs. Absolutely not. I think he can play in the playoffs. It's a different thing than Bryn Forbes. It's almost like, I don't want to say he's not enough of a specialist because he's shot the ball really well this season. Um, 39%. But he's, not, he's not
2: a shooter like Bryn Forbes.
1: No, and he's not. He doesn't do anything, I mean, besides just like raw, sheer athleticism to enough of a point where I think. There's you know an he argument played baseball, there. Ty? I, I had heard that. I thought it was hockey.
2: Ah, oh, dang. No, he played baseball.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. Um, but like, I don't think Patrick close games either. You know, any consideration to him? You said there was a second alternate. Are you thinking DJ Augustine or were you just considering? I Brook Pat Lopez? You were thinking Pat Condon. Okay. So do you want to see him out there
2: closing games? I think he has the potential to be out there. He really does. He really, this, this is coming from me. So <laughs> this you know. is a
1: lot. This is, I'm surprised. This sounds like a tie take. This is
2: coming from Rohan. Yes. So I'm, I've done some growing here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Pat, he has, he's sort of won me over during the season so far. It's been like good, he, largely. He has, he's been good. I can't really find any sort of, like, glaring weakness, aside from jumping. Pat, just, like, stop it.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think he's been better. I think he's been better. Most games, I haven't noticed it as much, at least.
2: Either that or you're tuning it out. Your brain you know, or
1: Or maybe it. I'm just, like, you know...
2: I'm not noticing it because... He doesn't do it as often. Yeah, that's my thing. He still does. But he's also not in the position to do it. But when he is in the position to do it, you know he's jumping.
1: (laughs) I think it feels better because he... um, Like, at least the shots are falling on the other end, right? Like, it makes it a lot more forgivable.
2: Yeah, the shots are falling, and he's not taking just audacious shots off drives or anything. Anything ridiculous that we've seen in the past. Like, if a shooter's closing out on him, he'll just sort of drive and, like, try to hop step into a layup that doesn't usually work or throw a bullet pass out that's not really accurate uh but that we haven't really seen a lot of that this season he's sort of playing within himself i know i say that a lot but he is he really is he's playing within his means he's not trying to do anything he can't do out there or should do out there <laughs> you know so that's why if he if he keeps himself restrained i think he does have the potential to play it in the closing five especially if you want to go like super small. If you have Pat at the four, that's a different element right there, especially against a team like a Brooklyn who does play super small. You can throw that out there. You can have Pat Connaughton match a Bruce Brown. But
1: is it ever more worthwhile than playing Bobby Pornas? No, which is why
2: I don't have Pat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. And I will say my favorite Pat Connaughton stat of the season, 14 total turnovers for Pat this year, which is like, good if you're not you're not ever the primary creator you don't ever need to dribble in uncontested waters don't turn the ball over he has more blocks than turnovers that's something that's never happened for pat across a really? full season okay 15 blocks 14 turnovers he's actually he's never had more steals than turnovers either and he's got comfortably more 25 to 14 so he's for he's he's gaining more possessions than he's losing in the aggregate it's not even close which is good, which is is really positive stuff. I think he's cleaned up his play, and obviously you know thirty three percent very steadily over his first with the bucks, three hundred and sixty six shots thirty nine percent this year. That's the real differentiator. I think we gloss over it because it's like almost implied, but that's the big deal with Pat, right? like he's making the threes now.
2: yeah, he really is, plus he's also a very switchable defender, yeah, very switchable defender. And you can't really get that with some of these other options, even with Bobby. They itself. put him on KD. They did. It didn't go did. well. No, it, did it didn't not, go terrible, but, did. but it didn't go well. I mean, yeah, there's only so much you can really do against Kevin Durant, even yeah, though he, he was in Chris position block his shot before, which is wild. That is, that's that's, that's Chris has been dunking a lot recently. As an aside, he has, a lot he of Chris a two-hander. He had a two hander against the Wizards. I
1: love it. I, I I always I always want to tweet release the doves every time. I think everyone has a release the doves thing that happens. For me it's Chris Dunking. Every time I see it, it's like I want to take a rainbow in the wild. It's like, oh look at that.
2: But yeah, no, it's it's great. <laughs> like Chris Dunking is good. It means he's being more aggressive. Uh, exactly. which is what we love to see from Chris. But Pat, yeah. He he was Close. guarding Kevin Durant at one
1: point. Close, I think, is where we're landing on Pat. Like not not that he's far. He's not in off. there.
2: He's not in there for either of us. But he has the potential to be.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I, you, you you almost sold, you've almost, I can't even talk. You've almost sold me. This situation is so nuts that's why I'm losing my my grip on reality here. You've you've got me having him at least in the same tier as Bryn Forbes as a closer.
2: Okay, maybe so even your, better.
1: The switchable defense is really really so useful.
2: You you're changing, you're taking Bryn out and putting uh putting Pat in.
1: No, no, I think Bobby. Okay. I think I'm liking Bobby. What Bobby adds too much, especially if you're trying to, if you're basically stashing him on, like the worst of the four or five on the other team. Yeah, and never yeah, ask him to play to drop. Never ask him to play drop in these moments. That's crucial to the Bobby Portis experience. Just don't do it. Don't ever do it. Really, never have that's him drop. The
2: crucial, that's that's anything when you don't have Brook Lopez on the floor. If yeah. you don't have Brook Lopez on the floor, you should Just not don't be playing do drop.
1: it. Any other you, should you can never be playing you can drop ice. You can hedge. You can trap. You can play kid defense for all I care. It'll work better.
2: traps off screens more often nowadays.
1: I like that a lot better than trying to drop with someone who, I, all due respect, just no idea what to do.
2: Yeah. Uh, no clue. To, we, we saw traps off screens uh, against the Wizards, which is fair, because if you're trapping Bradley Beal, you're fine with any other outcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, so. oh, no, not a rush jumper. Oh, heavens. Although he did carve up the bucks.
2: He did. Uh, but maybe that doesn't work against other teams. But yes, you should never be playing drop coverage when Brooke Lopez is not on the floor.
1: Yeah. So I think, ironically enough, we're coming to the conclusion that probably Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis in, in a lot of scenarios. Yeah. And then maybe so, Pat, no love for DJA, no love for The Nasty. The,
2: the Nasty was actually one of no, my. come on. No, see, hear me out. This is okay, the Galaxy Grand uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try.
1: This is going to strain
2: me. So, it's, okay. we, we've discussed, seriously discussed, that the has been a positive contributor for Milwaukee.
1: I think easily Correct. the Bucks' most
2: improved player. Oh, maybe Pat. He's up there. Yes, but he has also been one of the best defenders. It's been quite good. He's been one of the best wing defenders, I will say.
1: Who? Oh, do you remember who sent me the clip? I think it was Urstanity. Er, sanity Erstan. I think Erstan sent me a great clip of him pre-switching.
2: Yes, it's I, just—I know you've harped on that on the pod before. Accurately. Yes, that—that's—he's the best on the team at that. He will read defenses, or excuse me, read offenses better yeah. than anyone else I've seen on the team. So if you just get that sort of defensive intelligence on the floor, it can't really hurt you. Given he can hurt you in a lot of other ways, <laughs> but <laughs> he has he has the potential to be the best on the court at something, and that's that's good. If you can do that, and ha- if you can be the best on the court at something, and it's a positive thing, I should say, <laughs> you have the potential to play when it matters.
1: We did agree he was second best, though. After I prodded you with Drew. I think yes. we're giving Drew the edge. He's, he can be second best. Yes. But still.
2: Well, he, he can be the best, I will say. He can. He's up there. He, I'm not saying he is, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, he can. The obvious if, if, counterpoint.
1: If
2: be, yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying he can be. So that's why if, he, if you can be the best, you should be able to play.
1: The obvious counterpoint is there's another side of the floor.
2: Yeah, literally everything else.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, literally everything, but especially offensively. Just at any point, really, if he has the ball in his hands, he's been all, he's been good at making good decisions and like finding players. And he's he gets to the to the cup and dunks, but it's just not ideal. If he's got the ball in his hands, like beyond the three point line, like your best case scenario is he passes it to someone else who's going to be pretty tightly covered beyond the three point line. So, I don't think I don't think the case is there um i
2: i'm okay i will say he was like I, he, he's definitely in like top seven of all alternates
1: okay so after the first four he's one so you're saying he's one of the best 11 players on the roster yes and he's totally fair totally agree tory craig doesn't exist clearly so i don't think we're yeah. going to spend too much time talking about tory craig theoretically appealing honestly hasn't been the guy on defense that i think and i know this is all i ever say about tory craig because we, we just don't have that much to talk about because he doesn't play Better on offense, worse on defense than I expected, which, like, I don't know, less inspiring than Pat Connaughton, probably, from what I've seen, yeah. at least.
2: Yeah. We we also haven't seen him in great, you know, opportunities. Yeah, that's really fair. Which, again, it's, Except it's kind Except against of, Denver.
1: You know, we're not analyzing why, necessarily, but it's just that's the reality. So, we're not going to spend 40 minutes on a podcast talking about something we haven't seen. This isn't, like, you know, a Bigfoot podcast. Are those a thing? Oh yeah, it is. There's there's some good ones out there. Loch Ness Monster and, and all that. Anyway, uh we haven't talked about DJ Augustine at all.
2: No, we haven't. We really haven't. It's, it's
1: kinda obvious he's, why, I think.
2: Yeah, he was like my third alternate, I'll say. It's not bad.
1: I think that's probably higher than I have him.
2: I mean, like, he, he's definitely a capable ball handler. And you can't. Sometimes. Really, sometimes. He I will he he is a capable ball handler. What okay, he does not
1: not driver. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's not a capable what driver. When he does with okay, it is sure. questionable.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, you can trust him realistically having the ball in his hands for certain stretches. Yeah, he can
1: pound the rock for a little bit and do whatever.
2: Meander yeah, like around. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. He he is capable of leading an offense. Sort. Yeah. Should he? No. 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 <laughs> can no. he,
1: theoretically? I think my thing would... my my ability to dismiss him very easily. You know, I don't want anyone else handling the ball that much in these situations. You know, you're guaranteed to have Giannis, Chris, Drew Holiday out there. I want them with 99% of touches. I'd rather, honestly, even have Dante. Ah, it's close. Maybe I'd rather have DJ a with the ball in his hands a lot than Dante in those scenarios just because I want the player with the ball to pass to one of the good guys, and Dante is less likely to do that. But, you know, if you're just looking at the offensive upside only, I think Bryn Forbes is still probably a little more useful in the aggregate. Probably more than a little. Just more useful in the aggregate offensively. I also think Bryn Forbes is a better defender. I think DJ Augustine, pretty easily the worst defensive player on the roster. And it's just so hard for a guy like that to be able to play. in these he's closings. worse than Sam Merrill? I was only thinking of guys actually in the combo. He might be. He's just so small. I think Sam Merrill has a little bit of yeah. size on him. Yeah. Sam
2: Merrill also has no idea what he's doing. That's fair.
1: Sam Merrill's probably worse, but I think uh it, it, <laughs> I don't know why that's the hill I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm not gonna not gonna debate this for too long. Um <laughs> but I think of guys we're considering to close, rotational players by a mile. Uh it's DJ Augustine. And you know, what we've seen on offense has been disappointing. Defense pretty much has advertised that adds up to a very unappeasing player when you're talking about closing lineups. I'm glad he's figured some things out offensively, it feels like. He's been playing better recently, more just quick trigger shooting, which is what the Bucks need. But if that's the upside, like Bryn Forbes is better and comes with less warts. So if, if Bryn Forbes isn't making it, DJ Augustine certainly is not making it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Bryn Forbes at least brings just an elite, elite skill. DJ yeah. Augustine does not, realistically, especially when you have Drew Holiday out there.
1: Exactly. Okay. So the second part of the question, and I guess the first part was pretty thorough. So we, we, we dove into that. I mean, this might actually almost be quicker. I think it will be quicker personally, but would a, is there any chance a mid-season acquisition can get into this closing group? So this is kind of spurred by a question that was posted on the Eurostep Twitter account. If you're not following, go follow at Eurostep Podcast. But the Bucks question of the day Will Milwaukee add a player through a trade or buyout who is better than Bryn Forbes? Who we basically agreed only sort of has a case to be in this closing five. So if the answer here is no, they won't add a player better than Bryn Forbes, it's probably a pretty small chance they add a player who will crack the closing five. But maybe it's a better fit. Who knows? As of recording time, 113 votes are in. Just under 80% say no. A player better than Bryn Forbes will not be added. First, Rohan, what do you think about these results? You sounded a little surprised with how many people said no off the bat.
2: I mean, yeah. Initially, I was like, oh, wow, that's a strong response. But then I thought about the question a little more. And I was like, yeah, they're probably right. <laughs> they're, they're probably, it's difficult to add an impact player with what Milwaukee has. We talked about this uh, on our trade episode slash buyout episode. It's It's difficult. It's difficult for Milwaukee to add such an impact player at this point. So your only real options to uh really upgrade players, say they have the potential to play in the closing five, in my opinion. Harrison Barnes.
1: Yeah, Otto I Porter. think Harrison I think Harrison Barnes is the obvious yes for me, mm-hmm. but also I think like very low chance of acquisition.
2: Yeah, low chance of acquisition. Otto Porter.
1: Yes, again, right up. Marginally higher chance, still, still not very high. It seems like he's DeMar. playing there. Damar, yes. Damar's
2: just no nah, Actually, no, nah, he's not realistic at all. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he's, on, he's on trade talks, but I don't think there's any way they could get him.
2: No. Um, other than that, unless you're adding like an impact, impact player, like I just mentioned, there's no yeah. real shot. There's so, no real shot.
1: Let me run a couple of the mid-tier names past you just quickly here. So, yeah, I agree with you. Harrison Barnes and Otto Porter. Those guys, like, I think they should. And I think then your closing lineup becomes much more solidified as Eon's at the five, because then you get one of those guys at the four, Chris at the three. You get way more flexibility with who guards who. And I think that it just makes more sense, as long as, you know, they're playing well. Um, what about Barnes's teammate, Nemanja Bielica? Any chance? No. no. Shooting 32% from three this year. And I think any upside he does bring, like, I think Bobby Portis does all this stuff better basically. So yeah. I, I don't think he could ever surpass Bobby Portis, which is why I don't think he makes a ton of sense as a trade target, quite honestly.
2: No, he really doesn't, especially like you're going to have defensive lapses with the as well. So yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, and I think and just less yeah, athleticism. I don't right? want
2: to, yeah, I don't want to continue the streak of European force or just yeah. no, supposedly stretch fours. I'll say.
1: Yes. And it's just like, you know, don't give me another slow guy. I want a fast guy. We've seen the potential of fast guys. Don't give me a similar defender who's also slow and unathletic. You know, the Bucks have a good defender who can play the five who's slow and unathletic right now. I'd rather just roll with Brook Lopez on the one end or Bobby Portis on the other than be Um Trevor Ariza, slightly more interesting. I don't think
2: he makes the closing five, though. I think he has the chance to he might be hashtag washed. We also haven't seen yeah. him play,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He hasn't played any so games we,
2: in like a year, <laughs> yeah, it's been
1: more than a year now because the NBA shut down more than a year ago as every other podcast of the nineteen part series taking you back to that day like we all remember folks it was one year oh, ago yeah. it's
2: yep it's,
1: we all remember when you could go outside without concern like I digress. Uh Trevor Reese has not played in more than a year, did not go to the bubble, has not ever showed up to the Thunder this year. He's under contract, but just just chilling, just at home. Like the rest of us. Um he shot 40% from three in a very brief 21 game stint with Portland, but with the Kings in the half of the season before that, 35%. For his career is 35%, a lot of fluctuations. You know, he's looked at as a really good wing defender. Is he still that? It's it's shrug emoji. We just haven't seen it. I You know, I'm interested in him as a buyout to see what's there potentially as like a a real life Tory Craig. What people want from Tory Craig, but I'm not going to slot him in as a closing five guy yet. That's for sure.
2: Why get uh, why get real Tory Craig when you can try to get fake Tory Craig? (laughs) Oh wait, you could just use Tory Craig. (laughs) They could just
1: use Tory Craig as well. Um, Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, he'd be a good addition to see like if he still has it, and if he does, he he could make his way into the closing five. If he actually plays up to what we know he can do, but I don't I don't know if it's there. But like he definitely can. He has he has a large chance of being able to play himself into that role. I think I wouldn't say large. I think he has an uh a He has chance. a chance. He has a I would say less than fifty percent.
1: I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than most of these targets. I think the real broad le- high level takeaway here. Actually, no, we'll close with that. Wayne Ellington. Potentially. I think no. I think no, probably I mean, not. If Brent Forbes isn't going to make it, and you know the rest of like Pat, I don't know if he's. I don't know if Wayne Ellington is that much better than Pat Connaughton. Maybe, yeah. From what we've seen this season, it's based
2: on reputation, probably Wayne Ellington. But yeah, I think based on I think, what yeah. we've actually been seeing on the basketball court,
1: I he probably is. That's probably that's probably a dumb take. I think Ellington's been pretty good this year. I think he's useful, but I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, you know what? I might put him on the Trevor Ariza level. I think there's some utility there. I don't think it's likely, though.
2: Yeah. He he could play himself into it.
1: Yeah, if he was really good. He'd basically, he would essentially be what they wanted from DJ Augustine. Yes. So then I guess, I suppose I, I could see it. So maybe on Wayne Ellington, maybe on Ariza. Avery Bradley was linked to the Bucks Under no. contract with the Miami Heat, I don't think so. No, 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 no.
2: It's very, very small. Easy. He's very small, and like his best attribute is his defensive presence, yeah. or his alleged defensive presence, I will say, but he's he's so small, plus he's just he's not bringing it on the offensive end. he really isn't, so you can't really have like a small guy who prides himself on defense who doesn't bring anything on offense <laughs> realistically, yeah. Like yeah, the Miami I, Heat don't play him like in clutch. Yeah, Ridge. I mean it's like there's Why a reason he he's go available. To a
1: different team who does. There's a reason he's available. Um, is what I'll say there. And it's one of those. He, I think he is a pretty good defender, but you have to just use him on tiny guys. That's his thing, right? Like he's anti-West Matthews. West Matthews was like going to be great on large, strong players, but really not that good defending smaller players. Avery Bailey's the opposite. Like he'll he'll be pesky against Isaiah Thomas, the small one. But, you know, he's not going to do much against the bigger players that that Wes Matthews and now Drew Holiday can guard. So, yeah, I don't think Avery Bradley is. I don't think he's that good of a shooter, either. LaMarcus
2: Aldridge. No. No. I Maybe. It's at this stage, you just why not just play Brook Lopez?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the argument, right? Like kind of like bizarro world, Brook Lopez, like theoretically more useful on offense but just not defensively
2: now, this is a random take those two have had very similar career arcs
1: yeah I think Lamarcus tops out higher yeah for sure but
2: oh for sure for sure
1: but yeah it's kind of the kind of the same class of big guy right just in the different yeah, conferences right
2: yeah, yeah they they guess I guess they did teams sort of you know tried to reinvigorate their careers had success I think Brooke Lopez has had a much more successful second half of yeah. his career yeah but yeah no that's just a random Random thought.
1: Yeah, I see Lamarcus more as almost, I would almost look at that for the Bucs the way the Blake Griffin thing is for the Nets. Like, I don't expect him to close games, but he'll probably come in and be useful a few times.
2: I think, yeah, he can still be a useful player. He definitely I also, can. I,
1: I don't wish. think he's coming to Milwaukee, no matter what. No. I don't think that would be the move
2: uh, for him, but. Yeah, I don't I think. I mean so. he pal must have told him some good stuff. That's true. That's true. Um or finally. Not. I, I don't know, pal, <laughs> if you actually liked it in
1: Milwaukee or not. It's, uh, he never really pl- uh, no, 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 he I, played. He I played one game oh, yeah. and got hurt. Yeah, he <laughs> let him play a lot too. They were force feeding it they were force feeding him shots, I remember now. Um, yeah, he
2: pulled a Steve Novak. He played and got hurt. Steve. And then never saw him again. Actually, no, we see Steve Novak a lot. I was
1: gonna say we we do. We do. You don't like Steve Novak? I'll let my tone be my comment. On I
2: think that. he's good. I think uh, he's fine. Okay. I think he's fine as like a post game guy. Sure. I, I'm referring
1: to when, when Marcus is out and he is, the, I think uh,
2: it's just Marcus is too good. Marcus yeah. is way too good. So just anyone else in there is not going to be, you're going to be a little disappointed.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, Jeremy Grant is a guy who could pull off a bigger role. Not sure if Steve Novak's on the Jeremy Grant level. This is a weird comparison. Doesn't matter. Last guy on the list, PJ Tucker, had to save the the most talked about name for last. Is there a chance PJ Tucker makes the closing five?
2: Yes, I would say because smaller than. Why else than, are you getting him? I would say smaller than Ariza or Ellington. I'd say it's. I'd say it's. I'd say it's at the same level as Ariza, slightly higher than Ellington. I just. I don't buy
1: the and that's the case. based on
2: reputation alone
1: yeah I don't buy the case that he's still that guy, and it's just suddenly you know he's just choosing to play bad in his thirty four minutes a night or whatever i just i I think he's small but he plays big and that takes a big toll and he's getting older and Houston unfortunately didn't take care of him financially and um I, I think he has a lot of motivation to play well and and make a team trade for him and then resign him. I just thought I, I don't know that that goose might be cooked.
2: There's yeah, a chance. Might, there's a
1: chance. There's a non-zero. Yeah, there's I'll say that.
2: Yeah. And if you're acquiring him, you you want him to be able to play into that starting five if you're trading for him. Or at least final
1: five. Probably not starting five.
2: It's, yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Into into that final five.
1: So we're saying the guys with a chance, a real legitimate chance who also seem available. So like Harrison Barnes, Otto Porter, yes. DeMar DeRozan, yes. Don't know if any of those guys are really available. But obviously a big move like that is a Yes in terms of the guys who might actually get acquired, PJ Tucker maybe, Trevor Ariza maybe, Wayne Ellington maybe, pretty much everyone else no shot they get it in the closing five.
2: Yes, basically essentially wing defenders in PJ Tucker. That's what I was going
1: to say as the big takeaway. I mean Wayne Ellington not really that. Wayne Ellington, he probably should be third among that group. I don't I don't know if he's going to offer that much more than a Bryn No, Forbes. he
2: he was definitively the the worst out of that.
1: List. Yeah. he'd have to just be so good he'd have to just he'd have to be darn damn near like DJ Augustine's ball handling and a tick below Bryn Forbes shooting like the combo DJ Augustine's anticipated ball handling and creation I don't think he's that I'm probably I might be being too generous to Wayne Ellington he'd be a helpful player I don't think he'd close so maybe Ariza maybe PJ Tucker and you nailed it you know it would be A guy who could slot in at the four because that's the position right now that they could really use is a four that you can close with, who can defend and hit shots and open up, be honest, at the five opportunities. So that would be the one spot it seems like a buyout player or trade acquisition could actually fit in to the Milwaukee Bucks.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Or just like a stud at the two. Yeah. Or just someone who's so good, so good that you're like, all right, you
1: know what? We'll figure out Chris at the four. It's worth it." it what oh, you would <laughs> you would do that oh that was a good one i'll give i'll give you you got me there um <laughs> but i don't know i think overall some good takeaways right like the we obviously for the closing five we knew the three dante just go ahead and put him in at four um ups and downs for sure but i think in aggregate should be that fourth guy in the closing five and then the fifth big teams brooke lopez otherwise you have to figure out who can play that four position. If you want Giannis at the five, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, or you make Chris Middleton do it and go small.
2: Yeah. I would, I would lean Bobby Portis, but I do see the, I see the uh, potential of like adding Bryn Forbes.
1: Are, are Bryn or Pat the closest behind, you know, let's, let's throw Brooke Lopez aside. I just think that's a separate conversation. If we say Bobby Portis, is it then like Bryn and Pat kind of depending on matchup?
2: Yeah, I'd say Bryn and then Pat, and then Thanasis, <laughs> and then Thanasty.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty fair.
2: Um, you laugh now, but when he's winning Finals MVP, you'll be crying. I Tears would actually joy. cry because I, I would feel like
1: like something's wrong with me, and I'm just not perceiving reality anymore. <laughs> like something has gone, some <laughs> chemical imbalance, or something's gone just horribly wrong. With, I need to go me. to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd drive me, drive me to Aurora, wherever let's uh let's get me tended to
2: <laughs> that happens i'm getting suspended from every social media platform correct um one last thing
1: throughout this convo it kind of clicked for me why pat does see the floor in some of these situations he is kind of that fit of like does what's the perimeter players do sort of and can play the four sort of i'd like to see more bobby portis getting the shot there and just seeing how it goes so i think the upside is higher
2: yeah, and Pat's just Pat's just way faster. He's yeah. way faster. Yeah, and Pat like can. That's like the big draw.
1: Pat, you can guard most fours. Not Kevin Durant, but most fours credibly because he's strong and you know he's going to be much quicker than a Bobby Portis and obviously than a Brook Lopez.
2: Yeah, you just get that 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 trademark athleticism uh, from uh, from Pat Connison out there. So, which is why sport
1: athlete. Do you know he played baseball? I I heard that actually somewhere.
2: Don't know where. But but yeah, you just that's why he's worthy of being in this conversation. It's not out of the question, for sure. Agreed. Well, there. I think we solved it. I think we did solve it. I think we. This was a very productive conversation we just had here. Anything else we need to add here before we wrap it up?
1: I think that I think that's about it. I think I'm not expecting. I don't know. we're, We're gonna see weird closing fives. Because Bud is Bud. I think we're going to see Brooke Lopez sometimes. I want to see Bobby yeah, Portis get let's, some let's, shots. Let's say that. We probably will see Brooke Lopez a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'll see him every game against the Nets. I mean, we've seen him. The, the, the Bud's gone away from him in some of these games You know, of the last few weeks here. I think we'll continue to see that. It'll be fascinating to see what fifth guy gets the nod in all these looks and how often it's Pat or how many times Bobby Portis gets the nod. I, I, again, I already said it. That's what I want to see. I want to see just... Close a game against whoever, the Grizzlies, with Bobby Portis out there. And let's just see how it goes.
2: Yeah, I will say the most used fourth quarter lineup is the starting lineup. Makes sense. So we're going to see a lot of Brook Lopez. He's in yeah. three of the top. Uh, he's, the, he's in the top three fourth quarter lineup. So we yeah. will see a lot of Brook Lopez. We will.
1: We will. And, and listen, if he keeps playing well, like we covered in the other pod, it's going to be hard At to that argue end. that much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's working, why mess with it? Correct yes
1: well okay i think because the odds of the five deserves exploration but you know that's neither here nor there if you're winning that's good that's true okay you've got me you've got me on that you've got me on that one
2: hashtag math score more points than the other team if you're doing that i think you're in you're in you're in a good spot
1: get your saber metrics out of here rohan i test only
2: Uh, saver metrics. Uh, this this is good. This is a good way to wrap it up. I guess I'll say, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you did indeed enjoy the show, please leave a rating. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Tell all of your family and friends about the show. Check out all the great content across the entire Blue Wire Podcast Network. Please stay safe, everyone. And we will talk to you next time.